Hello, I am Mary Ellen Harn, and welcome to the third episode in Capgemini's Power of Data podcast series. Today, I'm joined by Arun Prasad to talk about the power of data in the adaptive and dynamic insurance industry. Welcome, Arun. Can you share a bit about yourself? Oh, sure. Uh, first off, it's a it's a great pleasure to be here with you, Mary Allen. Thank you very much. Uh, Power of Data podcast series is, is awesome, and uh, thanks for inviting me. So I've been in the insurance industry for about, what, 18, 19 years now, and I've been a, a very strong proponent of data-driven enterprises and AI process all along. So so you asked me about my background. I'll start with my where, where, I, where I started my insurance journey, and that was with a company called CSC, a policy administration system provider. So as part of my first job right after school, uh, I was asked to do something called a rating engine for commercial lines. I uh, did not know what that was at that time, so I had to do some insurance certifications and things like that uh, for a while. And I kind of fell in love with uh, how how uh, the rules-based systems work, right? Uh, and right after that, you know, I, I I went to spend my time and money that I quite did not have at that time to, to do my master's, uh, pursue my MS, and after which um, I joined a startup company, again, servicing the insurance domain. Uh, it was... Uh, very specific uh, products and compliance and right after the startup when it it got acquired um, I joined a, a large data int- aggregator firm called Veris Analytics where I led the their data analysis using statistics at that time so a lot of statistical uh, relationship and um, I've, I, I modified their uh, um, uh, data intake process to make it much more friendly uh, and uh, to make that data more useful for advisory loss cost rates, rules, and forms and of, across both commercial and personal lines. So here I am now at Capgemini at, uh, at my current role as the head of uh, insurance data solutions. I lead uh, insurance domain-specific offering development uh, within the uh, insights and data business unit and uh, working closely with the insurance BU uh, servicing across Capgemini's vast insurance clientele. So as part of the various solutions, uh, I'm passionate about a few. Uh, one is around the external data onboarding solution that we call it as uh, the Capgemini 890 marketplace. And the other one is the AI and analytics uh, provisioning platform uh, with, uh, with the themes of touchless claims and smart compliance. And thirdly, our digital uh, high velocity marketing solution. And lastly, our cloud, uh, core cloud enablement and data modernization services. So that's a little bit about who I am and what I'm doing. Well, thanks, Arun. You certainly have a very interesting background, and I think this should be a great discussion. So let's dive right into it. Um, Let's start with uh, talking about the times we're living in. It's fair to say that almost all the interactions we have now are digital. Everything is through digital media. What are the implications of this for the insurance industry, and how is the industry responding to changing consumer preferences? Yeah, it's it's quite a quite a difference, right? Uh, just about eight months ago, we were uh, we, we were in a different world. It feels like, right? So, uh, insurance industry is no different. It's it's heavily impacted, uh, but but I would say that you know, insurance industry has been ripe for dis- disruption um, across its whole value chain, even prior to the pandemic, right? Um, 
they've been traditionally a more somewhat reactionary and slow industry, um, if you will. But however, things are evolving uh, extremely fast. Um, and thanks to the suddenness of change in the consumer behavior now, which is totally digital. So, so let me give a, a view of what we are seeing from our clients, uh, what they are doing from underwriting and claim standpoint, uh, two of the most important and most immediate areas that, uh, that gets impacted and they have to respond to in any situation, right? So, um, while on the personal line side, we see a huge uptick on digital content and onboarding experience work. And quite obviously, it's where the personal connect, the end consumer is being impacted with a product like insurance. Um, and essentially what involves is, is an intelligent way of content delivery, intelligent way of customizing end user experience, providing that connected response across any devices the end user might be using um, and having a much more consistent way of uh, provisioning the policy and claims journey, right? And on the commercial line side, uh, similarly, insurance are really adopting, but uh, not so much of digital experience, I would say, but more on the pre-fill solution side, right? Uh, so that so that the, the ability to provide the um, uh, straight through processing is better. The ability to get the rates and codes are much better. Yeah, even the indication versus versus what the actual rates are uh, in the in the final uh, second level of rating is somewhat unified. And uh, so so in, 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 that's that's where the commercial lines is kind of moving. Uh, eventually. Um, uh, you know, claims is another aspect where uh, where all of the benefits of carrying an insurance product comes together. So, let, you know, giving a couple of thoughts on the claims area, the digital experience is extremely crucial, and um, you know, and claims uh, has to be handled much more smoothly where um, the digitization of experience comes in. People now use handled devices, take a picture, upload it, upload it, and the ad ad adjudication process is also uh, performed remotely and it should be done extremely accurately, right? I took a picture of my roof that was leaking just a couple of um, couple of months ago, sent the picture. Nobody came down to figure out what had happened to the roof. You know, they were able to adjudicate it accurately very well. So um, those are those are some uh, examples of, uh, of the touchless claims process and how things have changed drastically, right? And it should be minimum trouble to the claimant. And in processing, ensure that the claimants are closed much more shorter because uh, the shorter the, the claims are closed, the, the lower is the impact or the lower is the claim payment. So with all these things, we see that the insurance take not only, uh, not only greater care uh, in making the end customer experience much more digitized and much more engaged, but uh, these aspects of digitization experience also go a big way in impacting insurers bottom line and it improves their loss ratios their uh, customer service uh, and their ability to have um, uh, more consistency in their delivery of their product which will eventually turn to reduction in policy lapse or churn 
That's so true. And but now let's turn to agents. They play such a huge role in the insurance business. How are agents reacting to the digitization trend? And do you see uh, changes in insurance agencies because of this? That's a very good question because agents are intermediaries, right? And digitization are basically a disintermediation work. But uh, agents... Um, as you know, play a quintessential role in delivering that customer experience. Uh, they've been traditionally uh, a high-touch player, uh, but given the high-tech trend that's going on, uh, even in the commercial space, agents um, have eventually evolved. So um, even the commercial lines comp uh, uh, industries or commercial lines uh, end insurers um, say a mom and pop shops, they do want digital enablement as well. So we see um, several automation trends on the agency space uh, uh, and system enablement that would um, either be in the form of uh, intelligent forms rendering or natural language processing based systems such that they can automate the application ingestion much more quicker and faster. Now, um, now agents also play a crucial role in risk profiling, right? And generally speaking, agents who embark on investing in an external data acquisition uh, play a vital role and have their position much more ingrained as value players because they use these external data insights, non-traditional way to get more uh, ability to profile and write the digitization way very well. Um, and for the large part, agents retain their position again by almost performing uh, performing some sort of uh, value-enabled process. I've seen that some program administrators, MGAs and MGUs over the past couple of years, they've taken more or, uh, more or less some of uh, insurers' back-end work. I'm, I'm referring to uh, claims uh, submissions. I'm referring to TPAs performing uh, bureau reporting. I'm also uh, referring to MGAs and MGUs performing um, regulatory compliance somewhat. Um, you know, they collaborate with insurers uh, much more uh, tech savvy and uh, they're, they're data hungry, they're AI and automation reliant these days, and they, they, they are delivering value for the long term. And to be honest, you know, those agents who do not embark on this, on this data-driven AI automation reliant world are... Uh, the, their position is, is, is questionable and it becomes much more difficult. So for what I'm hearing, it's all coming down to data. What is your perspective on the role of data and what are the bottlenecks for any insurer to be nimble and data-driven? Uh, bottlenecks and the role of data for nimbleness, wow. That's a, that's a good question. Uh, well, Mary Allen, these days, uh, you, one can hardly think of any process that are not data-driven, isn't it? So uh, what, what has uh, become a differentiation is not about whether you're data savvy or not, because I think that's commonplace, but it's about what type of data are you utilizing? Okay, so we are actually going into that slight edge so, so give me a chance to explain, right? Um, when data becomes commonplace and much more commoditized, one of the bottlenecks that is created is that of a challenge of differentiation 
only by margins or marginal differentiation. So it is generally a safe assumption to make that today's insurers are mostly aware of utilizing um, traditional data sources and they're all systematized. And um, you know the, the same assumption goes in terms of their platforms. So everybody has more or less the same efficiencies in, in their administration system. Everyone more or less have the same systematized traditional data sources more or less, right? Uh, uh, so what, what creates that edge factor? What creates that competitive advantage for one insurers versus the other is essentially how they were able to monetize um, their data, mo monetize both internal and external data, that is, right? And the question is, how quickly can they churn out these analytic and eke out that last mile of key decision-making metric? Correct. Uh, with uh, and given the non-traditional data insights coming in, given the uh, unstructured data that you are actually mon able to monetize uh, in the coming years, what would be differentiation uh, is is the ability for companies to rapidly utilize this and then uh, create some uh, information. Uh, at a rapid pace. Uh, take the case of IoT, take the case of sensor networks. Uh, all of these data sets that are available are on a more real-time basis, uh, including telematics, that uh, that would enable you to make decisions in a much more nimble fashion. So when we embark on um, large enterprise-wide data estate modernization platforms, or the cloud, for example, uh, the, the data blending becomes easier between internal, uh, traditional, and non-traditional data sets, and the process also, the, 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 the platform makes it much more uh, uh, amenable for uh, process efficiencies, much more nimbleness in, in making decisions quicker. So at Capgemini, I must say that, you know, we established data marketplaces over the cloud, and all such data needs uh, right from distribution to uh, risk profiling, to risk modeling, to actuarial, to compliance, to claims, all of the data that's needed across these value chain are all onboarded in one place so that the adoption, the mechanics, and the distribution can be made easier uh, and eventually it will enable an analytical driven insight, insightful operations for the insurers and and on-demand decisions to make make it much more nimble so yeah data is everything uh, right now without doubt data is key but we're also looking and working with an industry that's heavily regulated and there seems to be a proliferation of compliance changes coming uh, how do insurers adapt to be able to respond to these changes and what are the best principles they should follow um, that's a good question too. Um, see, not, not all things can be disrupted, right? Uh, and regulations are, are there for a reason, for a good reason, right? Regulations are looked at and scorned off by as, as, as if it is a tax on the business. But let's not forget, you know, there is a purpose for its existence. Um, in, 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 it's, it's, it's there for protecting the end customers and consumers, and it also uh, protects the insurers um, to to have enough profitability and not being insolvent. Um, so, generally, compliance is is the most overlooked part of the business when it comes to strategy charting, uh, and and it's eyed as somewhat an 
ugly stepchild, if you will, right? Um, an undervalued area is, is what is what I'm I'm talking about. Uh, yet it is a quintessential for survival. We have seen cases in the past that negligence and compliance had led to bad things, including uh, companies that that uh, their license have been revoked by the states and put in a bad light. So, so uh, every insurers, in my view, should contain and manage. Uh, the risk exposure that they have from uh, uh, compliance pressures and ensure uh, these regulatory requirements are met on a timely and accurate basis because because um, it is part it is definitely part of a strategy in so many strategic meetings this aspect of compliance and regulatory has been missed out and we need to call out as a as a higher priority and there are there are few reasons to it uh, okay let me give you at least three reasons for helping um, insurers prioritize these aspects right uh, uh, when insurers rapidly roll out new products and programs from the business side uh, they want to keep up with the big tech they want to keep up with the insure techs uh, and when they uh, roll out what happens downstream is that you need to almost reverse map um, to to old-fashioned standard way of reporting. So, which means that you need to take back all the innovation and somewhat put it back to the round peg to to the square hole, so to speak, when you're reporting it out. Um, also. Most insurers are now modernizing their administration systems from a IT system systemic platform. What is done is that it has changed the data values and the, and the data streams uh, almost permanently, which means that you need to look at it, the, uh, look at compliance from a very fundamentals and see how it's going to be impacted. In many cases, it impacts 100%. So, which means that you need to re re rewrite it and has to be redone. Uh, for taking into account all these new data values that's flowing in from brand new systems. And lastly, to top it all, regulators somewhat think that now they are the new found data scientists of the world. So they keep asking so many questions, if you will, to the insurers, and there's a rapid proliferation of these data calls. Now, at Capgemini, what we have done is we've done significant investments um, and, uh, you know, to and and have been an undeniable stronghold for of solutions and capabilities all across uh, PNC, whether it's auto, property, workers' comp, as well as life and healthcare, in order to address smart way of dealing with um, systems as well as data and and compliance and regulatory challenges. So uh, compliance is a place where both IT, data, um, domain. Uh, well, and and regulators all come together in one spot. So that's why it's it's kind of hairy to manage for most people. And um, so we we do have a solution for it between statutory, statistical, regulatory, or bureau support. For example, uh, we are proud to be uh, one of the first to come up for the, with a unified data model for IFRS 17 reporting for insurers uh, who, who handle long uh, duration of liability risk. And the same is the case with uh, uh, the US GAAP LDTI uh, uh, reporting requirements, which stands for long duration targeted improvements. Then LIBOR changes is also coming up and it's also an example which which has to be reviewed uh, for impact and has to be uh, you know rectified for a timely basis. So if you look at the requirements, 
it makes it clear that the insurers now have to simulate various different uh, views and cohorts uh, and what if scenarios. And these are some examples that would um, allow insurers to move to the cloud to adopt to these workloads effectively and make it much more seamless um, so that they, they are able to report it on a timely basis, much more accurate fashion, and then they can contain these regulatory pressures and risks. Well, you did touch on the topic of risk, and that's that's something I'd like to have you expand a little bit more on. You know, as we're, the world is just changing right before us, and, and this is translating into ever-changing risks. So, if you were to look out now, what would you say are the newer risks that we are facing and how is the insurance industry responding to these new risks? Oh, that's a good question too. Um, there are a new set of data, uh, right? And and as with the invent or, or, or proliferation of new set of data sets and data aggregators, even the risk profile also has, has tremendously uh, uh, changed over the years. Cyber, for example, right, is uh, very time sensitive these days. In the digital world that we are living in, correct, um, everyone are uh, on the internet. So it, more and more data has been put out there on the on the digital world. More interaction happens, um, and and therefore the it stresses out uh, a lot of uh, fabric that that's being maintained. So even a small um, cyber incident has a drastic impact uh, uh, to the organization. So it, it has to be uh, looked at, and that's a new risk type that insurers are evolving um, to, to write into, to understand it better, uh, so on and so forth. And the second thing is some some of the risks related to climate change. Uh, drastic climate change, you'll see um, flooding, uh, hurricanes in different uh, segments, uh, fires that cannot be contained, um, so much environmental damage, environmental pollution, um, flights that could not be landed because of pollution or bad visibility in the past, um, business being interrupted because of uh, because of these issues. Um, so that has to be understood as well. And a lot of science information has been, uh, is, is looked up to figure that out. And and um, thirdly, you know, the risks of pandemic and health is obviously is a, is a big, big deal. And figuring out how it has to be written uh, if, if someone has to offer a pandemic-related um, product, uh, how it has to be priced, uh, things like that has to be researched. And lastly, the severity of CAT events also is, is uh, significant. Now, what happens is that, you know, these evolving risks, right, they strain their, uh, the underlying assumptions, if you will. So how does it impact our lives, uh, our traditional insurers? Is, is that, you know, um, traditional insurers go, uh, go with retrospectives or even the pricing is uh, looking backwards. We, we look at all the experience that we have accumulated over the, over the period of time and uh, monitored the development factors and then have come up with the, with the risk because it's backward looking so that we can actually predict the future. Now, unfortunately, the big thing is we are unable to foresee with these new types of risks at least and what we foresee is so dynamic than what we have experienced in the past that that the pricing and rate making constructs um, have to be much more nimble 
adaptive and uh, much more efficient uh, with various different modeling tools that has to be applied. And that's the big stress point. So at Capgemini, you know, what we do is uh, we assist the insurers uh, coming up with new tools and much more sophisticated modeling and rating scenarios such that um, the modernized pricing functions, the modernized actuarial functions can simulate the entire book of business um, with various factors. They can apply um, pandemic over it. They can, they can apply uh, some drastic cat in a, in a specific uh, book of business. They can actually look at risk appetites uh, with portfolios um, so that uh, we can empower the product owners, the actuaries, to make the right decisions um, and, and, and provide uh, and evolve uh, newer products for these evolving risk types. So that, you know, it, it, it is somewhat seamless. You know, if a pandemic happens, we have a pandemic product. If a cat happens, we can, we can actually substantiate and protect the community. Also, um, uh, given the cybersecurity risks, uh, although you must, uh, insurers worry about, uh, insuring cybersecurity risk for their end insured, they also have to worry about internal, isn't it? As much as you're uh, uh, in the risk business, you're writing the risk business, you also have to worry about vulnerabilities and protecting yourself also from uh, from uh, the cybersecurity threats. So we believe um, a holistic solution of data analytics with a variety of uh, gallery of use cases with operations and technology and business, we can actually serve the best of our customers uh, with all these solutions. Well, this is a certainly a timely discussion given the times that we're living in right now. And I mean, what I'm hearing from what you just said is it really all comes down to data-driven decisions. And and um, this has been a truly fascinating discussion and, and very thought-provoking as well. Thank you for joining me, Arun. And we'll be back soon with the final episode of the Power of Data podcast series. Thanks for listening. My pleasure, Marianne. Thank you for having me again. Appreciate it. This is Designing Momentum, a podcast from Capgemini. Designing Momentum is a show about what it takes to build and maintain momentum in business. When the odds are against you, how do you forge your own path? Original ideas very rarely come from looking in the same places you always look. So in this show, we'll be turning the spotlight in a different direction that you wouldn't necessarily think to look. Hosted by me, Frank Wammers, and with the help of Rachel Burford, International Women's Rugby World Cup winner, and experts in emerging technology in sport, we'll be exploring why what goes on in the boardroom isn't so different to what happens on the pitch. Make sure you subscribe now in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts.